Hey, this is Rich. Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. I hope that through listening, you are encouraged and equipped on your faith journey. Wherever you're at, know you're not alone. I'm excited to be back with you as we kick off a new collection of talks on prayer, talking to Jesus. I'm believing as we set aside time to focus on God, He gives us vision. In today's message, Anything and Everything, I explore how talking to Jesus is fundamental for our faith and how prayer is the way in which we communicate with Him. No problem is too big and no detail is too small for our God. He wants us to come to Him. We're taking time over 21 days of prayer and fasting to seek God. Join us starting August 23rd on Instagram Live for daily prayer and encouragement. We want to walk alongside you. Subscribe to hear more. Let's lean into today's message together. Uh, I want you to turn your Bibles, if you do, to uh, Hebrews chapter four. Hebrews chapter four. I have been away, and while I've been away, the Lord has been speaking to me. And uh, I can't wait to share with you all that, that God's been speaking to me, and we've got, we've got some time to do that together. But today, uh, from Hebrews chapter four, I just want to read two verses or so and kind of lay a foundation as to what it is I want to talk to you about. Uh, Hebrews chapter four, verse 14, it says this. It says, therefore... Since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If you receive that word, somebody said amen right there. I, I want to preach today from the subject, anything and everything. Anything and everything. Today, uh, we are kicking off a new collection of talks entitled Talking to Jesus. And really the heart behind the collection is found right there in the title. My hope is for everybody who goes to VU to start talking to Jesus, continue talking to Jesus, or how about this, or talk to Jesus more. (laughs) I really believe that as we start to talk to Jesus, our life begins to change. And really what it comes down to is that, I believe this to be true, a relationship without communication is really just two people. That's what it is. It's just two people. And if you don't have communication going on, then you're not going to actually have a relationship. And and, in this collection, it wants to help you discover praying. But come on, if we're really honest, uh, at the heart of prayer, really, uh, prayer is just talking to God. I think sometimes we can just overcomplicate things and we can think, make things much more difficult than they actually have to be or, or need to be. I really think prayer is uh, really much more normal and actually even natural. I really think that we were designed to pray, but we create barriers and we make things complicated. And I'm hoping over the next few weeks that we can answer some of your questions about prayer, but I don't wanna move too fast. I, I want you to understand that prayer at its core is just talking to God, just talking to Jesus. You ever notice when something gets complicated, you tend to get complacent? Like, like I know I have to go to the DMV, but it's just, it's just too complicated. 
Everybody puts that off, right? Because it's just, it should be so much more simple, but it's just so complicated. I'm just apathetic. I just walk in there and quickly I feel like demons begin to attack me. It was uh, Lauren Hill who actually said that uh, miscommunication leads to complication. Now, I wonder if there's a whole lot of miscommunication around this idea of prayer. I think just on the very, like, onset, at the very, very beginning of this collection, I just want to bring some clarity around prayer, just some, some basic things that all of us, we just need to settle as we take a deep dive over the next five to six weeks as, as we talk about this. And I just wrote a few things down. I, just want you to, I want you to jot these down if you're taking notes. Um, research says that if you take notes, you make it to heaven. So just, just do so, okay? Um, prayer is not something you have to do. It's something you, you get to do. Like, it's just really important that we don't miscommunicate this. Like, I get to pray. Same thing with church. Like, I don't have to go to church. I, I get to go to church. I never wanted to design the community that you have to be at it. I kind of think of church like a family. One day, my kids will be old enough to move out of the house. I hope that I've built a home and established a family that when they don't have to be there, they still want to be there. Prayer is the same thing. Like, like, like you don't have to do it, but you, you get to do it. And I think that's a really good premise and a really good basis as we start to talk about this, that you understand, I get to talk to God. I get to have a relationship with my creator. I wrote this down. Number two, God doesn't need your prayers. You do. Like this is a revelation that I hope you catch on your journey. That like God's not up in heaven like, oh my goodness, I just, I just hope that they pray. No, no, you need to pray. If you don't pray, God will still be okay. I just don't know if you will. <laughs> Before prayer changes God, prayer always changes me. Prayer is not a burden. Prayer is the place that I bring my burden. Number three, I wrote this down. Prayer is less about moving God's hand and more about God moving our heart. We're going to discover these things to be true. We're going to discover these things to bring clarity to our prayer life. I truly believe that over the next few weeks, I'm hoping that you will get a revelation about communication. <laughs> because it's communication that increases our connection. Look at this. A life without oxygen will die. And a relationship without communication won't survive. I wonder how many people on the journey of faith have gotten burned out or have quit simply because somewhere on their journey, they stopped talking to Jesus. Today, as we start talking to him, our faith, it becomes more and more alive. Because a relationship without communication is just two people. And God wants a relationship with you. See, I hope you understand that prayer, um, it's not about making a transaction. Prayer is about making a connection. That's ultimately what's going to take place as you begin to talk to Jesus. Have you ever thought about it like that? We go to certain people uh, with certain things in our life. We talk to certain people about certain areas of our life. Most of us, we don't share everything with everyone. If you do, it's a mistake. <laughs> Most of us, 
we share everything potentially with, with someone. That could be a therapist, that could be a spouse, that could be a best friend. But most often, we share certain pieces of our life with certain people from our life. Why is that? It's because we tend to look for certain people that are qualified and that we can trust. I just think about it for a moment. Like most of us in this room, like we don't share all about our finances with, with everyone. Hey, this past year I made that. Hey, I got some debt going on. Like we don't just share that with everyone. Hopefully we've got someone qualified that we can trust. Most of us, if we're wise, we don't share everything about our love life with everyone. In fact, just really quick, just FYI for all of you out there that are dating, that are on the journey, you need to get good counsel when you're in a relationship. I like to say it this way. Don't take advice from somebody relationally that you wouldn't trade places with. Your aunt who's been married four times, God bless her but I don't know if she's qualified to be giving you dating advice. How many know? We don't share every one of our struggles and all of our sins with everyone. Hopefully you have someone. Hopefully you have someone. I want you to understand today that every one of us in this room, we can trust Jesus to talk about our life with that Jesus is qualified and he is trustworthy. Maybe nobody's told you, but I'm telling you today, Jesus cares about your finances. You can talk about your finances with Jesus. Jesus actually has a plan for your love life. He's just waiting for you to talk to him about it. Jesus has a plan for your dreams and a plan for your career, but many times we're talking to everybody but Jesus. Let's start talking to Jesus. Let's start sharing it with Jesus. See, Jesus actually wants you to talk to him. Maybe this is simple for a lot of us in this room, but like, I just can't begin to teach this collection without giving some of these ground rules. Jesus wants you to talk to him. In fact, he loves when you bring your problems, your issues, your day-to-day. He wants you to talk to him. I mean, just read the Bible. Jesus was having conversations with all sorts of people. And when I read about these conversations, how many of you know I can learn a whole lot about his character and his heart towards me? Like Jesus had conversations with children. You know what it tells me? That none of us are too immature to start talking to Jesus. He loved children coming to him. He loved the children on his lap. In fact, he scolded the disciples when they tried to get the children away from him. Jesus said, no, let me talk to them. In fact, you need faith like them. Jesus, he had conversations with guys like Zacchaeus. You say, who's Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was an evil dude in the Bible. He was a tax collector. He was like a modern-day mobster. And what it tells me is, is that God is not mad at you and I. God loves us. And we haven't done something too bad or too evil to start talking to Jesus. Jesus has a conversation with the Syrophoenician woman. She is a Gentile and she's a woman. You say, Rich, I don't understand. She's an outsider. She's not Jewish, and she's the wrong gender for back in that day, and Jesus is actually trying to rest. He's actually hiding out in a Gentile city, but she comes and approaches him with a conversation, and he doesn't shoo her away. Instead, he begins to have a convo. 
And what it tells me is that Jesus is never too tired to talk to me. It doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter what society says about me. He, he invites me into a conversation. How about the story of Mary and Martha? Their brother has died and Jesus shows up. And before he goes and he heals Mary and Martha, he has a conversation with them. And one little verse says that he wept with them. You know what it tells me? It tells me that my pain bothers Jesus, that my hurts matter to Jesus. There's this beautiful story after Jesus' resurrection that he's on the road to Emmaus with two different guys and they walk seven miles in the entire seven miles. Jesus talks to them. You know what it tells me? It tells me that Jesus is never too busy and he doesn't mind talking with me. Nicodemus comes to him in the middle of the night and he is a Pharisee. He's a very smart man and he's got questions for Jesus. It shows me that I'm, that I'm not too smart for Jesus, that I can actually learn from Jesus. And watch this. He's not intimidated by my questions. Maybe you have questions about faith. Are you talking to everybody but Jesus? Talk to Jesus. Let, let him speak to you. Jesus talked to anyone and everyone. Why on earth do you think that you are different? Jesus wants to talk to you. Talk to anyone and everyone. This is what we're working with today. Prayer is talking to Jesus about anything and everything. That's what prayer is. It's talking to Jesus about anything and everything. Our text today comes from Hebrews chapter four. And when you study the book of Hebrews, in fact, a couple of years ago, we did an entire study on the book of Hebrews, but uh, the author of Hebrews is unknown. And the author of Hebrews seeks to prove to you and I that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all of the prophecies, all of the Old Testament promises, and all of the law. And when you read it, you'll see over and over again that Jesus is referred to the high priest because this is some Old Testament language. Uh, in that time period under the old covenant, if you had sin in your life, the only way you could be forgiven from your sin is that you had to come to the high priest and confess, aka talk to the high priest. The high priest would then make a blood sacrifice and the blood of goats, lambs would cover you for the year. Your, your sins would be atoned. They would be covered over and you could have right relationship with God. What's amazing about Jesus is Jesus was all man, but he was also all God. He was born in human flesh and he came to this earth and he lived a sinless, spotless life and he became the perfect candidate to take our sin. And when Jesus went to the cruel cross, he was dying for your sins and my sins. And what's so powerful is that when he died, he died once and for all. Everyone say once and for all. He died once and for all for all of humanity's sins, past, present, and future. This is good news. This is the gospel. And now today, according to Hebrews chapter four, we have this high priest that we can approach. We have this high priest that we can come to, that we can talk to, and we can know he has good things in store for us. And the writer in Hebrews, notice what he says. He says, there's something really special about this high priest, Jesus. Jesus is so amazing because Jesus, he walked on this earth. He walked in the same shoes that you walked in. And because of it, he can sympathize with all of your weaknesses and all of your struggles. This is good news. Jesus understands your temptations and your trials. 
I, I, I like this because um, have you ever uh, had someone like, like come up to you and share with you something like really painful or, or really bad or, or really sad? And like, as they share this, this horrible, awful news with you, like you don't really know what to say. And so all you can say is, hey, I'll, I'll be praying for you, which at times can sound like so empty, right? Of course, this is the right response, but sometimes the right response still feels empty. It feels empty without empathy. Because many times, uh, if you come and say, Rich, my dad just passed away. Can you pray for me? I'm going to pray for you, but my dad is still alive. And so it's hard for me to put myself in your shoes and carry that pain with you. This is why as a church, we take time to pray for people that are broken and hurting. This is why we're praying for Haiti today. Uh, many of us, we don't know what it's like to go through an earthquake like that, but we are asking God, God, help us to increase in our empathy. Help us to stand with those that are hurting. Help us to stand in the valley with those that are in pain. God, increase our empathy. But what's so cool about Jesus is Jesus actually understands your pain. This is like such good news. This is why he's worth talking to about anything and everything. Because when you bring your unique struggle and your unique pain, he doesn't just respond, yeah, I'm praying for you. He actually gets close to you and says, I understand you. Because at the cross, he took all of humanity's sin, shame, and death, and he carried it on his back. Everything you're going through, he understands. Like, like I'll, I'll never forget... Um, when Don Shree and I, we, we, we had a struggle and our struggle was that we went eight years on an infertility journey. It was painful. And man, I, I'm not gonna lie. I appreciated anybody in that time that would say, hey, we're praying for you. Hey, we love you. I, I receive encouragement from anyone and everyone, but I gotta be honest with you. When somebody who had been through infertility came and spoke life over us, it was meaningful. Just about five weeks ago, our, our, our third child, our daughter, Waylon, was born. And some of you know the story that she went into the NICU for six days. And praise God, she's home and she's healthy. Yeah, we can thank God for that. I'm grateful. But like, in those moments of trial and tragedy, it can be scary. People were praying for us. People were sending prayers. Yet the thing that stuck out to me was any person who said, hey, my child was in the NICU as well. I'm praying. Why? Because all of a sudden the shared struggle began to be more meaningful. I want to encourage some people in this room today that when you talk to Jesus, you're not talking to some wall. You're actually talking to the one who came and walked among us. He's Emmanuel, God with us, and he understands your struggle, your strife, and your pain. And he can minister to us in such a meaningful way. And there's just one little verse in verse 16. It says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Someone say confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So we have this high priest, Jesus, who is the better high priest in the Old Testament. He actually came, laid his life down. He didn't offer a sacrifice. He became the sacrifice. 
He's now seated at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding all day long on our behalf. And you and I, we can talk to him about anything and everything because he understands all that we've gone through and we know that he wants to have a conversation with us. He wants to build relationship with us. He empathizes and sympathizes with our struggle. So he writes, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And the words that pop out is this first word, approach. Approach. Let us approach. How do you approach the throne of grace? One word, prayer. This is how you approach the throne of grace. I have to pray. I have to call upon Jesus. And when I call upon Jesus, I should do so with confidence. Someone say confidence. You don't need to be unclear. We don't need to have miscommunication here. Let's not, over, let's not complicate this thing. We can approach the throne with prayer and we can call upon him in confidence. I remember when I first met Don Cherie, some of you know this story. I was 17 years of age. We were in Nashville, Tennessee and um, we were at a church service like this. I saw her in the balcony. It was just a holy moment. <laughs> And um, we ended up hanging out the whole day. She lived in Shreveport, Louisiana. I lived in Miami. None of it made sense. And the whole day we hung out. And the whole day I thought there was chemistry. She would say there wasn't, but I thought there was. <laughs> and at the end of the night, I'll never forget it. I was so nervous. She had to go her way and I had to go my way. And I was so nervous. I just said, hey, it was great hanging out today with you. Um, you know, is it cool if I call you sometime? She was like, yeah, you can call me. And then, and then she walked away and left. And I'm so stupid. I forgot to go, what's your number? but your boy is sly and he's conniving. And so I found her number through a different source. That's another story and <laughs> I'm creepy. And so the next day I, I made my first phone call and I was really pumped. I, I called her on the phone and when I called her, um, the answer machine picked up. I just said, hey, you know, this is Rich and what a lovely day and really enjoyed, really enjoyed your company. Um, give, me a, give, me a, give me a call back whenever you get a chance. And, you know, I just, whatever I said, it was, it was, it was charming and romantic. <laughs> and I hung up the phone and left it there. Well, um, I think sometimes God gives us older brothers to keep us humble. Um, my older brother knew that I was liking Don Shree and this was, you know, 20 years ago. And so we weren't just keeping our phones on our hip at every moment, texting all the time. And so I'd made the phone call and I'd left the phone in the room. And um, my brother... <laughs> thought it would be funny to then grab that phone and proceed to call Don Cherie's phone 38 times. <laughs> Ladies, if you meet a dude at church today, somehow he figures out your number and then calls you 38 times, naturally I would say run, run quickly. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was so nervous. I thought, is she ever going to call me back? Is she ever going to, she ever going to reach back out to me? Praise God. The Lord got a hold of her and come on, we've got a blessed marriage. She, she called me back. Thank you, Jesus. But I want to encourage some people out there that you don't have to be afraid or ashamed or embarrassed. God doesn't get tired of you calling on him. You can call upon him day and night. Just keep calling. Call upon him with confidence. Pray with confidence. Approach with confidence. 
praise with confidence. Worship God with confidence. Come on, is there anybody in this room who believes he wants you to call upon him? And there's just two basic things today as we're just in our first installment. We've got a journey to go on together, but in our first installment, when it comes to this idea of talking to Jesus, just two things that I want you to be clear about, two things I want you to be confident about, two things that I want you to know as you talk to Jesus. Some of you are going to start talking to Jesus. Some of you are going to continue talking to Jesus. And some of you, it's time for you to talk to Jesus more. He wants a relationship with you. And without communication, you're just two people. Jesus says, talk to me. I know you and I care about you. Two things I want you to be confident about. Number one, write this down. Small isn't insignificant to God. Small isn't insignificant to God. So often I will talk to people and they will share something from their life with me. And then I will ask them this basic question. And this is a great question Christians should ask other Christians about. I wouldn't bring this to people that are not followers of Jesus, but if you're a follower of Jesus, this is a question that we should constantly ask one another. They'll tell me something important that's happened in their life, and I will respond, hey, have you prayed about it? I can't tell you how many times I talk to Bible-believing Christians who will say, ah, I don't want to bother God with that. I don't think that's important enough. Where on earth did we ever get off telling God what's meaningful and what's not? In fact, rather than take my word for it, why don't we just take Jesus's words for it? Matthew chapter 10, this is what Jesus says. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even, watch this, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I want to encourage you about this massive, big, gigantic God that we serve. This big God is small enough to know when a sparrow dies. That's how big God is. He's so big that he knows every hair on your head. Even your weave, he knows about that. This God cares about you. This God is into the details of your life. You're worth much more than a sparrow. You need to get a firm confidence today as we start this collection that what matters to you matters to God. Pray about anything and everything. God actually cares about what grades you get on that test. Pray about it. God actually cares about when your pet dies and it makes you sad. I'm not sure about cats, but the other pets, he does. I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you might've lost people to our church. Rich, you've been gone too long. Don't come at me like that, you know? I, he cares about your promotion. Like he does, like pray about all of it. He cares about your career. He cares about what gets you excited. Like he just, he does. He, he cares. Pray about anything and everything. If it matters to you, then it matters to God. 
God's happy when you're happy that you got your parking spot at the mall. Yay. In fact, this is what makes Christians different from the world. That when pleasures are, come our way, and we all find pleasure in different things. When I eat a steak, I'm sorry to all the vegans out there, but when I eat a steak, it brings me pleasure. What I've learned is that when I consume the steak, if I'm just in the world, it just terminates and it ends in me. But as a believer and as a worshiper of God, as I consume the steak, it doesn't stop with me, but rather it rolls up into praise, into adoration. God gets glory when I eat steak. He cares about what you care about. You said, but Rich, some of that stuff... And here we go. Here's all the mature people. Some of that stuff, man, sounds like shallow praying. That's shallow, bro. That's surface stuff. That's that's super shallow. Well, most pools have a shallow end. Not every pool has a deep end. But if a pool has a shallow end, nobody simply just calls the entire pool shallow. Instead, they ask the question, is there a deep end? See, see, prayers aren't shallow. People are. Simple question is, do you have a deep end? Do you have a deep end? My wife and I, who've been married for 15 years, we celebrated that while we were away from you. Holler at your boy. We have a real, vibrant, robust relationship. I'm going to talk about it a lot because we see the church as the bride and Christ as the groom. I'm going to to talk about it in the weeks to come. And There's just so much that we have to understand that we can get a glimpse of our prayer life through marriage. But yo, my wife and I, we like the shallow end and the deep end. We like the shallow end and the deep end. The question is, do you have a deep end? Prayers aren't shallow. People are. If all your prayers are just about, Lord, I just hope I, you know, I hope I win the raffle for those shoes that I really want. um, I would say, okay, but let's go a little deeper with God. Because small isn't insignificant to Jesus. What matters to you, it, it matters to him. And second thing I want you to have confidence about today is is big isn't intimidating to God. So small isn't insignificant and big isn't intimidating. Jesus, he likes the whole pool. He likes hanging out in the shallow end, but he loves taking you into the deep waters. He wants you to know that you can rely upon him with the deep parts of your life and the deep parts of your soul. And some of us, we're sharing everything with everyone, but we're not sharing it with Jesus. And he says, talk to me. I want to bring oxygen to your soul. I want to bring life to you. I'm going to talk to you about some of the practices of prayer because we just get it so convoluted. One of my favorite prayers is just repetitive prayers. I find myself these days just going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Is that shallow? No, that is deep because when I don't have the words to pray, there is a spirit who intercedes on my behalf. I'm inviting him into my life. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. My sons are the best. and We've had 
the best time with our family. Thank you so much for letting us be away. And thank you so much for your prayers and your support. Had so many encouraging messages from people while I'm away, but I just love being around my sons. I learned so much about God. One of the weeks we're gonna talk about the Lord's prayer and he starts out by saying, our father who art in heaven, that we actually have to come to God like a child. More of this thing called prayer is natural and normal, but we overcomplicate and we create barriers that are man-made. My son, Wyatt, he loves to make up words. Dad, can I get a burger cheese? I'm like, you mean a cheeseburger? A burger cheese, okay. Last week I was, um, or two weeks ago, I was speaking in Chicago and I said, Wyatt, daddy's in Chicago and he's speaking and he just loved saying the word Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. And this past week we were in uh, the Keys with our staff. We took about 70 people. Uh, It's one of the traditions of our house that we get together as a staff and we rest, we receive, and really we reflect on all that God's doing, but we we catch a vision for where we're going. And um, we were by the pool and at this pool, they had one of those like, you know, kind of like kind of island bars where they served, uh, praise God, virgin pina coladas. And so Wyatt had his first pina colada in the Keys this week. And so every morning we wake up, he'd say, Dad, can I have a smoothie? I said, what kind of smoothie do you want? He goes, I want a Chicago. I said, you mean a pina colada? He said, that one. Yeah, that one. Sounds like Chicago. (laughs) And one day he was holding his Chicago in his hand. And as he was making his way to the pool, he was sipping it and the entire thing came flooding out. And when this thing came flooding out, Wyatt freaked out. I I wonder how many times we think something is Titanic that's actually quite small. Dad, Dad, my Chicago! The kid doesn't even have the right vocabulary to describe his problem. Oh, I can preach that. Because some of y'all think you know the problem. But you don't even have the right words for the problem that you're facing. But there is a good father that if you'll just talk to Jesus, God says, I can solve it. It's not nearly as big as you think it is. You think you know the problem. You don't even know the problem. But big is not intimidating to God. This is why Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 32, 17, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. I want to remind some people that we serve the God of the impossible. And what you think is big in comparison to God is actually small. He's not intimidated by what you're going through. I just wonder how many things we're crying about today and how many things we're freaking out about today. And God's saying, if you'll just talk to Jesus, I can solve it. Why? Because the one that made you is also the one who can fix you. You know, I love having a therapist. If you don't know, your pastor goes to therapy. I think we should just start the relationship right there like that. And there's something really powerful about having a person that you're allowed to unload and share everything with. And of course, I would recommend anybody out there to get a counselor, to get therapy. But I think it would be so silly for you to spend money and go to therapy without first and foremost taking all of those same things to the greatest counselor. His name is Jesus. 
one of the things that I love that my, my therapist said to me, she said, yo, Rich, um, you can't shock me. And I don't know what it was, but it was just so comforting to hear. Maybe you're in this room today and you're just like, yo, I don't really want to share that because that would be shocking to God. You can't shock him. He's seen everything. And maybe today you're just hanging in the shallow end of the pool, but God's saying, I want to take you a little bit deeper. I'm not intimidated by what you're going through. All of your problems, bring them to me. But it's not just our problems. It's this internal self that we deal with that we actually have to come out of hiding. Maybe today it's, it's you talking to Jesus about your hurt. Hurts are those things that people have done to us that, that result in these different feelings. Maybe it's your habits. Habits are things that we're addicted to, people or things. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be pornography. We get addicted to certain things and we keep hiding these things and, and Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, like talk to me about that. Maybe it's your hangups. These are these attitudes and these perspectives that we take on because we haven't talked to Jesus about these other things. It's like depression, codependency, anxiety. It's coping mechanisms. Jesus is saying, talk to me about the big stuff of your life. Don't just check into church for a Sunday and sing a couple songs and hope Rich makes you laugh. No, I've got so much more in store for you. Talk to me about it. Why? Because whatever you can't talk about controls you. Whatever you can't talk about, it's controlling you. Whom the sun sets free is, is free indeed. I love Hebrews 4.16. Let me just close with this. Let us then approach. Let us call. Let us pray to the throne room of grace with confidence. I'm confident that small isn't insignificant and big isn't intimidating so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Notice that when I call upon Jesus, I will receive something. I will receive mercy and grace. Someone say mercy. Someone say grace. Someone say mercy. Someone say grace. That when I start talking to Jesus, I get mercy for the moment and I get grace for the distance. Very similar, yet so, so very different. For mercy is being spared from all the bad that you deserve. And grace is getting all of the good you don't deserve. Mercy is asking, why didn't I get what I deserve? Grace is going, how didn't I get what I deserved? Mercy gets you out, but grace carries you through. Grace is the empowerment of God upon your life. When I talk to Jesus, I get mercy for the moment and I get grace for the distance. Mercy for the moment, grace for the distance. 
I don't know what mercy you need right now today, but God has mercy for you. And I don't know what awaits you tomorrow, but you're gonna need grace for it tomorrow. And God is already living in your tomorrow. God is already waiting for you in your tomorrow. And he says, I have grace for that need and I have grace for that issue. Just invite me into your life. Start talking to Jesus and watch as God begins to fight your battles. Why? Because there is no problem too big and there is no detail too small for God. He wants to talk to you about anything and everything. Come on, church, if you believe it, go ahead and give God some praise. Anything and everything, Jesus. Why don't you stand to your feet all over this room? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray for our church today, Lord, those that are in the room and those that are watching online by way of Zoom or YouTube, Facebook, those that are watching this later on playback. And Lord, right now we just, we lift our hands in a posture to receive, to receive this mercy and to receive this grace. There's people in this room right now, Lord, that, that need mercy for the moment. Their marriage needs mercy for the moment. God, spare us. Spare us the trouble. Spare us the heartache. Spare us the pain. Spare us the consequences. God, do a work right now in people's lives, Lord. God, we come to you. We humble ourselves and we, we come to you. Lord, we bring the small things and we bring the big things, God. And, we just believe, Lord, that you are at work in our life. But Lord, we're also praying for your grace. God, we believe that you are the God, Lord, who takes us from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And so God, Lord, we don't just want to survive the day, Lord, we want to thrive tomorrow. So God, put your grace upon our lives. Put your grace upon our church. God, we just lift our hands towards heaven right now. And we just receive everything that you have for us. Come on, if you're in need of mercy, if you're in need of grace, just stretch your hands towards heaven. God's meeting people right now. If that's you online right now, God's meeting you right where you are. There's mercy and there's grace. There's mercy and there's grace. He's protecting you. He's hiding you, but he's also empowering you. He's also carrying you. He's got your tomorrow under control. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Come on, if he knows when the sparrow dies, he declares you are worth more than a sparrow. I know every hair on your head. My thoughts, well, they outnumber the grain of sand on the seashore for your life. He cares about you and he, and he loves you. So Lord, we just receive your mercy, we receive your grace. I just want to give you an opportunity right now, right here in this room, just to talk to Jesus. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be sophisticated. He loves little children. It's my first Sunday in church. You're a perfect candidate to talk to him. I've never been to church. I'm just watching online. You're a perfect candidate to talk to him. I've got degrees, Rich. I, I, I'm successful. You're a perfect candidate to talk to. Just talk to Jesus. It's more normal and more natural than we could ever imagine. It's about growing in relationship, growing in connection. Some of you right now, maybe just, maybe just go a little bit deeper right now. Is there a hurt that you haven't spoken out? Is there a habit that you've been struggling with? Take it to the therapist, take it to your crew leader, take it to your pastor, but first take it to Jesus. Come a little deeper.
God, I pray for our community over the next few weeks, Lord, as we get ready, just about 10 days away from embarking on 21 days of prayer and fasting, Lord, I pray that all of us at VU would catch a new revelation around communication with you. Or that we would understand that you want to talk to us. You want to talk to us. And as our communication increases, we believe, Lord, our connection will increase as well. Move in this house, Lord. We believe our, our best days are in front of us. We believe the lost will be found. The dead will live, Lord. The dead will live, God. Deaf ears will be open, blinded eyes will see. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So, Lord, we are listening. Confusing times, challenging times, but Lord, we're not moving, we're not quitting, we're not giving up, we're standing firm in your presence, God. The God who loves us, the God who's acquainted with us. God, we bring you our small issues and we bring you our big issues. God, we're committing to talking to you about anything and everything, anything and everything. We're on the journey with you. Thank you, Jesus. Your head's bowed, your eyes are closed. If you've never met Jesus, you never surrender your life to him. Never put him first in your life. I just want to give you an opportunity right here in the room or even there online. Would you just be bold for a moment and say, Rich, that's me. I, I want relationship with Jesus. It doesn't just end in a prayer. It just starts in a prayer. <laughs> it's a relationship. It's a journey. Today, if you're saying, the Lord's speaking to me and I'm, I'm ready to repent and I'm ready to put Jesus first. If that's you, would you be bold? Would you lift your hand up high enough and long enough just so I can see it? I want to include you in this prayer of salvation. Today, we're believing that that God's starting something new in your life as you, as you pray and declare salvation over your life and over your home. Ready on the count of three, if that's you, ready? One, Bible says today's that day. Two, don't look at your neighbor, forget about your neighbor. Ready, three, one, two, three. If that's you, lift it up. That's me, Rich. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, one more time, just lift our hands towards heaven. We're gonna talk about this in a few weeks, just the posture of prayer. Sometimes our body needs to get involved with what it is we're thinking about, what it is that we're confessing. Just pray this prayer out loud. Say, dear Jesus, today I surrender all that I am over to you. I give you my past. I give you my present. I even place my future in your hands. I repent. I change my mind and I run towards you. I declare that you are my Lord and Savior. The one who made me is the one who can fix me. So Jesus, I bring you my life. Lead me. Guide me. I receive your mercy and I receive your grace. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.